Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. It's just been a good sign this year that they all seem to be having fun getting along and working hard. I love those three things together. Kevin Powell delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into Blackhawks Live. I am Kevin Powell filling in for Joe Brand tonight. We'll take you up to 9 o'clock. Plenty of Hawks stuff to get to. Playing much better as of late. They are coming a loss, uh, coming off a loss to the Kings Sunday night 2-1. They have won 6 of 8. They begin a three-game road trip starting in Vancouver tomorrow night. And Joe Brand usually hosting this fine program, Blackhawks Live. Joe is on the road. A little bit of shuffling with our Blackhawks coverage uh, this week. I'll be in for Joe tonight, of course, and then uh, pre and post tomorrow, Thursday, when they're in Calgary, and then Saturday they'll wrap up their three-game trip at Edmonton. Joe will be filling in for the great, the legend, John Weideman. Joe is in Vancouver. Joe, how was uh, how was your trip? Have you ever been to Canada before? Let me get Joe on. You know what's funny, Kev? Yeah, go uh, ahead, and- Joe. And that, you know what's funny, Kev? Um, I make that mistake every single time. I always forget to put up the phone fader uh, every time I do the show. Uh, and the other thing that you're going to be filling in for me for that I, I think you forgot to say is that I got an emissions check later on this week. I'm going to need you to take my car in. Um, but uh, no, I, I, Joe is Mister Big Time now. He, he can't he can't stay with us too long now. He's got to get to a team <laughs> dinner all of a sudden. He's got to cut this segment short. So Joe will be on the road with the Blackhawks. How is Vancouver? Are you, are you having fun? Or are you kind of just hanging out at the uh, the team hotel? You got me there now, Kev. I got you, Joe. Can you hear me? Oh, okay, there we go. Sorry about it. Yes, yes, no. Uh, Hotel is fantastic. Uh, to your earlier question, uh, I've been to Canada once before, and coincidentally, it was in Vancouver to catch a Blackhawks-Canucks game on Easter Sunday of 2015. So uh, <laughs> kind of cool that that had been my only previous meeting. And uh, now uh, come full circle. Yeah, excited for tomorrow night's game. I've got a couple of fun facts for you on uh, Vancouver. Do you want them? Maybe you can share them at the team dinner tonight. Man, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, bring them. Okay, here are a couple for you, Joe. Vancouver has the fourth largest cruise ship terminal in the world. Maybe everybody would like to hear about that at your team I, dinner tonight. Yeah, I, I thought that was. Uh, I thought they were the third. So thank you for clarifying. <laughs> they that. also are home to Canada's longest pool at over 450 feet. So a couple of fun Vancouver facts for you, Joe. The Blackhawks have been playing much better as of late. I know they're coming off a loss to the Kings last night, but they have won six of their last eight. We know what this season is. It's a rebuild. It's fun to see them play well, though. Uh, I know, and I'm going to get into it a little bit more about Connor Bedard and, and, and what uh, – you know, he brings to the table, and so many have been looking ahead to what the draft could mean for this Blackhawks team and the rebuild. But all that being said, it's still fun to watch them win. And they have been playing better as of late. Six of uh, six victories in their last eight games. What's been different, Joe, over the past week or two here for the Hawks? Well, and first off, I agree with you. It is fun to watch them win. But I also think it's important for this team to win just because you know, whether you're in a rebuild or not, and whether the organization wants to go one direction or not, the players want to go out and win every single night. So when they're able to string a couple wins together, uh, it just makes team morale and team camaraderie a lot easier, a lot more seamless. 
And uh, I think that's just kind of what's going on right now. It's it's a little contagious with a good feeling, but everybody is pitching in. I think that's been the biggest difference. Uh, Patrick Kane missed three games earlier this year, and they kind of had to piece together uh, everybody pitching in, everybody contributing, and they were getting production from all four lines. Uh, they were limiting their mistakes. When they were being outplayed, they were able to weather the storm, limit the opportunities from the other team, and I think that's the difference that you're seeing. Um, the other thing, it's, it's not really a difference. It's just a, another aspect that can't be ignored is the goaltending. The goaltending's definitely been the biggest, or I should say the most consistent aspect of this team, whether it's Pete Mrazek, Alex Stalock, Arvid Sutterbloom, or now in this case Jackson Stauber from the other night. Uh, the goaltending is the biggest reason why the Blackhawks have been able to stay competitive in games for the majority of the season. And now when the offense and defense chips in, you get to win six out of your last eight, string together a couple of three-game winning streaks. So it's been good, and and hopefully they can continue that on this road trip now. You're listening to Blackhawks Live. I'm Kevin Powell. In for Joe Brand. Joe is in Vancouver. He'll be on the play-by-play here on WGN, filling in for John Weideman over the next three games as the Hawks have a a three-game trip. Talk about Luke Richardson a little bit, Joey. I know you've had a chance to talk to him quite a bit, and, and just what the players are saying about the new head coach in his first year and the job he's doing. It's, it's kind of funny, Kev, because every time a new coach comes in in any sport, it's obviously just filled with compliments and everybody wanting to get their opinion in on what they have something good to say about the head coach. That was the same case with Luke Richardson, but early on, right away, I think we're already seeing it. Uh, every player that has ever had to say anything about Luke Richardson so far in the Blackhawks dressing room has only had good things to say. Uh, they love the way that he respects them as adults and and people more so than athletes and hockey players. Um, he's just he's a very stoic guy. He, he doesn't jump to conclusions. Uh, again, I think the scenario of where the Blackhawks are at right now helps him be that way. I, I think he understands that you know his his job's not on the line if the Blackhawks go on a, a rough losing stretch because that's just kind of the the roster he's dealing with right now. But that doesn't mean he can't try to win every game, which is exactly what he tries to do. And it doesn't. That's not saying that he can't try to improve this team each and every single day. The biggest responsibility he has right now is just creating a good team culture, creating a good environment, and getting these guys motivated to play each and every day. Now, when you're in the first year of a rebuild, that's very difficult, but I think he's done a really good job when you just look at how competitive the Hawks have been for the majority of this season and also just uh, the energy that these guys bring to practices and morning skates, you know, the the events that most fans don't often get to see. And these guys are energized. They're They're ready to go out there and play every day, even though this has been a really rough year. So I think I think all of those signs point to Luke Richardson being the perfect guy for this job, at least as of right now from what we've seen. We still have a ways to go until the NHL trade deadline, and I'll get to Kane and Taves before I let you go, Joe. Um, we still got some time here. How many players, uh, if you could set an over-under, uh, will be dealt away, whether it's Max Domi or Sam Lafferty, <laughs> Uh, because look, we know what this year is, right? Like, and, and, you know, the, Kyle Davidson knows what this season is. And I think he's going to try to squeeze as much as he can out of this roster at the trade deadline. So not to put you in a difficult spot here, Joe, but we are anticipating some, some sell off from the Blackhawks here coming up when the trade deadline does arrive in early March. How much 
turnover with this roster are you anticipating? No, for sure. Um, it's it's kind of interesting to to just throw out a number. Um, I don't know. I, I think a safe one might be three or, or maybe four. Um, it, you mentioned Domi and Athanasiu, two guys that were signed to one-year contracts in the offseason. I mean, as soon as those deals were made, they were immediately speculated to just be trade-bait situations. And for the most part, it's if that is the route the Hawks end up going with that, uh, Max Domi's having a great year offensively. They've had a little bit of difficulty finding the right uh, recipe for success for Andreas Hatton to see you. He's got a ton of talent. He's been in the league for a while. So the teams know what they're going to get from him. But it's been tough for the Blackhawks to really sync him up with, with any sort of line so far this year. Uh, but you bring up Sam Lafferty. I mean, I don't think too many people were thinking about him being too much of a trade ship, but he's just such a workhorse and such a multi-dimensional They get production guy out of him, Joe. It, they get some nice production out of him. They do. No, they do, for sure. And that's And that's what playoff teams are going to be looking for, right? They're going to be looking for depth guys and, and people that can uh, come in on, even if it is a bottom six or, you know, bottom two line guy. Uh, he's he's a perfect, perfect, per, perfect person for that type of role. Uh, it also seems like Jake McCabe would be a, a candidate too, although he's, he's one of the few guys that is looked at as being uh, on this Blackhawks roster for the next couple of years because of his contract. And then, of course, everyone's going to be keeping their eyes on Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. There's really not been too much development with that, but uh, you know, I know we'll get into that in a minute. But it's just uh, that that roller coaster just just continuing. Kevin. <laughs> I think they've done a good job, though, of handling because look, we we've known really since they signed these multi-year contracts that this this would be coming, and going into this year when the team even said themselves that this is a rebuild and it might be a little rough. Of course, the the largest conversation is going to be about 88 and 19, what they've meant for the organization. Uh, what is their future here? Do they want to stick around for a rebuild? How long is the rebuild going to take? Do both of those guys just love Chicago so much? It's It's been their only home in their professional careers. They've had so much success here. There, there's just so much that goes into it. And they haven't let on a whole bunch. I mean, you know, maybe recently there's been a little bit from Kane and Taves and some interviews and things like that. Um, I'm not sure what those two could be saying throughout the year other than what they've been saying. But, you know, it's starting to get crunch time here, Joe. And I know Kyle Davidson talked fairly recently to reporters, and we'll we'll play a little bit of that coming up too, uh, that they're going to have to figure out and they're going to have to talk and have a serious conversation about what those two specifically want. Right, like the, it's it's it, it's 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 a a two way thing here. What the front office wants to do, but also what Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves want to do, and they've earned that. That's what they have in their contract. So we're we're kind of we're approaching that mark here, where you know we're what six weeks out or so, five weeks out until the trade deadline. Things kind of got to start falling in place here. Yeah, no, you're right. But the the other thing is, it's it's pretty much all up to Taves and Kane. So. If they do want to just finish out this year and ride it out with the Blackhawks this season, they are uh, totally in the right to do that, and there's no questions asked. Uh, I mean, Kyle Davidson has said from the get-go that you know they're they're giving the grace to Taves and Kane to be um, well. I mean, it's part of their contract, so whether or not he disagrees with it or not, it, it's really not a matter. But um, you know, clearly the Blackhawks see the value in if Taves and Kane do say they'd like to move on. 
Um, I, I know NBC Sports Chicago just did a couple of interviews with both of them, and it's it's pretty much more of the same. They do they do they have both publicly said they see both sides of it. They see their careers ending as Blackhawks, but they also see um, the writing on the wall is what how Taves put it about what direction this organization is going in and basically how willing are they to stick with the team that's rebuilding. Now, the whole Connor Bedard situation, I mean, Kane was talking to Pat Boyle about Connor Bedard's talents and basically went ahead and said that a Connor Bedard acquisition for a franchise could definitely ramp up a rebuild. So who's to say that Patrick Kane wouldn't enjoy playing with Connor Bedard? Um, but both those guys have been pretty consistent with what they've been saying so far and just in terms of focusing on this year, foc- focusing on the present, and uh, focusing on the Blackhawks right now. And that, that seems to continue to be the case. And I really don't know if we're going to get a definitive answer about any of this until a decision is made from both of those guys. Yeah, it's uh, the hype around Connor Bedard is pretty incredible. I mean, just everything you hear about him, and we've seen the production. I'm going to get into that a little bit, too, coming up in the second half of the show. All right, before we let you go, Joe, uh, Blackhawks taking on Vancouver tomorrow night. Canucks not having a great season. Uh, they let their head coach go yesterday. Um, I guess just a quick preview of the matchup tomorrow night between the, the Blackhawks and Vancouver Canucks. Well, and that's the other thing, too, Kev, is, you know, the Blackhawks not taking anything away from their six of eight winning stretch over the past couple of weeks, but they have been running into some teams at the perfect time. Uh, Arizona was on a losing stretch. Calgary wasn't playing that well. Uh, Buffalo wasn't playing up to par. Philly was having trouble. And now that's kind of the case here when they visit the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, the fans are kind of livid with the organization right now and how they let uh, Bruce Boudreaux go in the fashion that they did. So I'm imagining it's going to be a little bit rowdy here tomorrow night. I'm very intrigued to see how the fans are going to respond when they uh, go ahead and introduce Rick Tockett as the new head coach. Um, But, uh, you know, if the Hawks can just stick to the type of game that they've been playing over the past couple of weeks, and that's getting contributions from everybody, limiting their mistakes, getting good uh, entries into the opposing zone, and and just not forcing things, then they, they should be okay. The, the Canucks are a team that the Hawks can beat if they are playing like the way they have been over the past few weeks. That's kind of been the story of the entire season, Kev. It's, the Hawks are capable of beating pretty much any team. It takes a lot, but they are capable. It's just a matter of that team is going to show or not. He's Joe Brady. He's in Vancouver. He'll be on the call all week here on WGN, filling in for John Weideman. You want one more quick fun fact of Vancouver before I let you go, Joe? I was going to say, you gave me three. I only heard two. So, yeah, let's hear the No, third. I only gave you two. Here's the third. The Vancouver Aquarium ranks in the top five worldwide. So if you have time tomorrow, maybe go check out the right. aquarium. <laughs> I will definitely try to pencil that in. Thank you very much, Kev. It's Joe Brand. He'll be on the call. Thanks, Joe. I'll let you go. Appreciate you jumping on, all right? All right. Thanks for steering the ship tonight, Kev. Doing a great job. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. That's Joe Brand from Vancouver. Traveling with the team this week. This uh, segment sponsored by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get. Plenty more to come on Blackhawks Live. I'm Kevin Powell in for Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. Welcome back to you, Blackhawks Live. I'm Kevin Powell in for Joe Brand tonight, taking you up to 9 o'clock. 
Hawks on a three-game road trip. Joe will be in for John Wideman this week for the next few days as the Hawks uh, head out to Vancouver tomorrow night. We'll have that game here on WGN at 9. Coverage will start at 8.30. They'll head to Calgary on Thursday. That's an 8 o'clock start. And then uh, one more Saturday night, a late game, 9 o'clock starts here on WGN at Edmonton. And our pregame coverage will start at 8.30. The Blackhawks playing uh, better as of late. I talked about this a little bit with Joe uh, they've won six of their last eight. They did fall to the Kings last night, two to one. But you know they they faced Calgary back on January eighth. That was a four three overtime winner. Before that, they beat Arizona two nothing, uh, a three two win over Colorado, four three overtime victory over Buffalo, followed by wins over the Flyers, and then at St. Louis a uh, Saturday night five three before returning home yesterday. Uh, to fall 2-1, but uh, better as of late. Again, we know what this season is. It's a rebuild. They've discussed this uh, openly about it, but it, it, it is it is fun to watch the Hawks play better and play well when you know a lot more changes could be coming to this roster when the deadline does arrive in the first week of March. But we'll hear from uh, General Manager Kyle Davidson coming up, a little bit from Head Coach Luke Richardson as well. Time to get to the newsroom with Steve Ruxton. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. I want to hear what you think about the Blackhawks and the future of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. What do you want to see happen with 88-19? and You think it's over? You think those two are ready to move on? You think they agree on a trade? You think the Blackhawks send them out of town on a trade? We'll see. There's a lot to sort out for the Blackhawks and the future of those two who have meant so much to this organization. Still a long way to go. The trade deadline not until the first week of March uh, in the NHL. So a lot to sort out there. But uh, Kyle Davidson, who we'll hear from in just a minute, uh, met with reporters fairly recently and talked a little bit about the future of Kane and Taves and says, you know, they've they've got to have a conversation fairly soon. So the, I think a decision from those two, because it is very much of, of what Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves want to do, because they have that written into their contracts uh, moving forward. And, uh, you know, where would they want to go? Obviously, you look at contenders around the NHL. Who wouldn't want to add a Patrick Kane? If you're in contention for the playoffs for Stanley Cup, who wouldn't want to add 88? No, he's uh, maybe not has, has had the same production we're used to seeing out of Kane. He was a little dinged up with a lower body injury. Um, but there will be teams calling for both of those guys, two guys that have plenty of winning on their resume. Here in Chicago, so uh, we'll see how all of that sorts out. There were some reports that we, you know, the, that decision from those two probably in mid-February, you know, a couple weeks before the trade deadline. So we'll get into that a little bit more uh, coming up. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and all of that. The Hawks uh, have won six of eight. Uh, they did fall to the Kings last night two one. Ian Mitchell did make it interesting late uh, in the sixteenth minute. Hawks looking for possession after this faceoff. They got it. Max Domi sets up Ian Mitchell, rips a one-timer and scores. The Hawks finally get on the board. Max Domi helps muscle out a faceoff win. He feeds Ian Mitchell. And Ian Mitchell picking up his first goal of the season. It's 2-1. The Hawks are knocking on the door. That's right. First goal of the season for Ian Mitchell, who we're, uh, we will hear from in, in just a moment. That's Joe Brand on the call filling in for John Weideman. 
The Hawks uh, beginning a three-game trip starting tomorrow night in Vancouver. And the Hawks, you know, made it somewhat interesting. They were even on a power play uh, in the final minute, but uh, falling just short to the Kings last night. Jones settles it down with eight seconds left. Goes for a quick, long pass up the other end of the ice. The Kings break it up. Three seconds left in regulation in the far left corner. They'll hold it towards the boards, and that ends this game. L.A. hangs on a 2-1 winner as the Kings snap their three-game losing skid, and they end the Blackhawks' three-game winning streak. The uh, Blackhawks uh, will face the Canucks uh, tomorrow night. Vancouver has lost three straight. Luke Richardson didn't like the way his team started play last night. We get away from our our game, and we get caught defending. When we we do seem to get it going the other way, we don't uh, we don't make clean plays with each other to be able to have uh, have sustained, uh, I guess, possession of the puck to get shots off. So that's really the difference in getting shots or not. Um, but I mean, that's not the one marker you go off of. More mainly, you go off of uh, battle level and uh, and. Uh, possession of the puck and how you're taking care of it with each other. Actually, defenseman Connor Murphy there. Uh, head coach Luke Richardson talked about the way the team started. Didn't exactly love it. Wanted to see a little bit more energy. We'll hear from uh, head coach Luke Richardson coming up in just a moment. But the uh, Blackhawks heading out on a three-game road trip. As I said, it's been fun to see them winning these games. I understand that uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of just looking ahead to mock drafts and the way the draft um, you know, the draft order might play out right now. The Blackhawks have the third highest chances of having the top overall pick. The way it works in the NHL, it's not like the NFL. The team who finishes in last place doesn't automatically get that top pick in the draft. There is a lottery, but the more you lose, the higher the chances are uh, that you will uh, have a chance at that top overall pick. And Connor Bedard, who I'm sure you've heard plenty about, uh, one of those franchise-altering type players. In just about every scouting report you hear about him and you hear players talk about him and scouts and broadcasters talk about him, everybody is very high on Connor Bedard. But let's hear from Luke Richardson following last night's loss. They had kind of the same schedule we did, so we just couldn't find our game. I think they played a smart uh, first two periods. They were just putting pucks in, and I thought they had short shifts and really tried to buzz us and – um, you know, they pretty much, uh, I think they had the puck, uh, you know, a lot of the first two periods, which is frustrating where we were just a little bit slow and reacting and then a little tired looking, uh, you know, on our defensive play. So that just made us play defense longer. So we really couldn't generate a lot of offense. That's something Luke Richardson has talked about really all season, which was fast starts. They wanted to see that and it had been a struggle for the Hawks. All season. So a little bit more from Connor Murphy following last night's loss to the Kings. We didn't dictate much of the play at all and it seemed like we weren't getting uh, momentum shifted. Felt like at all. Just we weren't uh, moving our legs enough and uh, whether it was on the checking side to get pucks back to turn it around the other way or, or forecheck wise, uh, they seemed to clog it up and we didn't get much going. And Ian Mitchell, as you heard on the uh, the call earlier, uh, Ian Mitchell's first goal of the season coming last night hasn't exactly been uh, steady in the rotation, but trying to do what he can to uh, make an impression on the coaches. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep my head down, and when I do get an opportunity to play, try to make the most of it. Obviously, it's difficult to kind of come back in and out with uh, your consistency and your rhythm of play, but um, that's the nature of trying to break it into the NHL. You're not going to get in right away, so um, I have to do the best that I can with what I'm given. There will be plenty of opportunities for players uh, down the the stretch of this season to make an impression on the coaches, especially after the trade deadline. We'll see what this roster looks like. But uh, Ian Mitchell, somebody who's doing all he can to to stand out. 
Yeah, I think every player's path is different, and for defensemen, sometimes takes a bit of a longer time. So uh, I've just tried to continue to improve my game, and that's pretty much all I can do. It's not going to be an easy path to make in the NHL, so I just have to continue to, to work and um, you know get to a point where I'm an NHL regular. And another injury for Tyler Johnson, an ankle injury, something that has kept him out uh, for a large chunk of the season, re-aggravated uh, last night. Probably not going to make the trip, but we, we really won't know when he's going to get checked out tomorrow. But uh, I don't think they think it's as bad as it was before, but it's just obviously re-aggravated. So that's frustrating for him, and it's tough for the team. It is frustrating. We know what he can bring to the ice and what he can bring for the Blackhawks when he is fully healthy. It's just it, it's been tough for Tyler Johnson. You feel for him, who has been working his way back and and still dealing with that nagging injury. Uh, the Blackhawks heading out on a three-game road trip. They are in Vancouver. We'll have that game tomorrow night here on WGM beginning at 8.30. Then they'll head to Calgary on Thursday night, 8 o'clock puck drop, before uh, wrapping up the trip at Edmonton Saturday night at 9. We'll hear a little bit more from General Manager Kyle Davidson coming up about the future of Kane and Taves, and uh, that will be very much a large conversation moving forward as we approach the uh, trade deadline. But you're listening to uh, Blackhawks Live. I'm Kevin Powell filling in for Joe Brand. More to come on 720 WGN. Marengo Guns needs your guns. We'll buy them all. Marengo Guns is paid top dollar. Professional gun buyers are on standby seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Buy, sell, or trade. The experts at Marengo Guns have purchased thousands of firearms from customers just like you. Need cash? Get top dollar for your guns, ammo, military items, and more at Marengo Guns Superstore with over 3,000 firearms in stock located on Route 20 in Marengo, just north of I-90. Marengo Guns reminds you, don't lie for the other guy. For more than 90 years, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150 has worked hard to provide a better life and safer workplaces for the men and women who work in the construction industry across the Midwest. Our 23,000 members operate heavy construction equipment, and Local 150 takes pride in providing world-class skill training to support a professional construction workforce. Learn more about how to join Local 150 at local150.org. And never forget, united we stand, divided we fall. Between 800,000 and 1 million people slip and fall on the ice and snow every year. So, are you ready? I'm talking to your knees right now, not you. This is John Williams for the Joint Relief Institute. Are you ready to take on another winter treading on the ice? If your knees could talk, they would ask you to take them there, you know, to the Joint Relief Institute, and they'd ask for that quick, non-surgical, pain-free procedure that reduces or eliminates your pain. They'd probably ask that you didn't play football back in high school, but hey, we went 7-4 and four junior year, so whatever. Anyway, the doctors and techs are very friendly, talented, and proud of their work. They give people their mobility, their strength, and their confidence back. The ice is going to be slippery this year, so slide on over to JointReliefInstitute.com now. Or call 708-888-0000. They're in the southwest, west, and northwest. And it's the same number and website for all three locations. So click on JointReliefInstitute.com. Or call 708-888-0000, as in zero pain. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live. Kevin Powell with you up until 9 o'clock. Filling in for Joe Brand tonight. Joe's on the road with the Blackhawks filling in for John Wideman. Hawks at Vancouver. Tomorrow night we'll have that game here on 720 WGM beginning at 830. 
Still a little over a month ago until the NHL trade deadline. I'm sure you've heard about Connor Bedard. He's just been putting on a show, and and everybody that talks about him, a franchise type player who can be the face of a franchise, who can really speed up a rebuilding process. And as much as the Hawks have been playing better as of late, there still will be some roster turnover as we approach the trade deadline as well. And we'll see about Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Doug texting in uh, from the 815. He says he thinks Kane and Taves should get to decide. And they have the no trade clause built into their contract. So in some ways, they I think will be able to decide. And if there's a team they really don't want to go to, they can they can take a stand. <laughs> they don't have to go. So we'll we'll see how all of that plays out. If you are following along with the the, the chances of the Blackhawks landing the top overall pick right now, they have 32 points. That the that's the third fewest in the NHL. Columbus right now with 30, Anaheim 31, Blackhawks with 32, which gives them a little over 11 percent chance of landing that top overall pick. The uh, the team with the fewest amount of points at the end of the year has a 25 percent chance of landing that top overall pick. Something to watch as the season progresses. Connor Bedard, I know, is is on the radar of many, many uh, hockey fans and especially Blackhawks fans as this rebuild uh, begins for the Blackhawks. And there could be more guys dealt away by the trade deadline. So we'll see how all of that shakes out. But Connor Bedard, right now, currently playing in the Western Hockey League, the consensus uh, number one pick likely in the 2023 draft this summer. It'll be held uh, down in Nashville this year. Uh, he's a center. He's playing for the Regina Pats. His stats so far through 33 games, 39 goals, 42 assists. That's good for 81 points. He's on a 32-game point streak right now. So, you know, we saw what he did in the World Juniors and his skill level, and he just he, he really stands out if you, if you get a chance to watch Connor Bedard play. And he's a guy that I, I know a lot of Blackhawks fans are dreaming could end up here in Chicago if they are able to land that top overall pick. He is the projected number one overall pick. Um, again, 81 points, 32-game uh, point streak right now. That that after uh, going without a point in his season opener. He scored 17 goals during an eight-game goal streak. Pretty incredible stuff, so it's uh, something to keep an eye on. A, a lot of people will be uh, following Connor Bedard this season uh, before he is the uh, likely number one pick in the 2023 NHL uh, draft. As for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves in the future, Kyle Davidson, the general manager, recently spoke with reporters about a whole bunch of stuff, and he does finish his conversation with the reporters about Kane and Taves and where they're at with that conversation and when that might happen. So I know there's been a lot of talk about some roster moves lately, so I just wanted to come out and, one, reiterate my support for our uh, development system uh, in Rockford, and whether it's been Arvid Soderblom or Isaac Phillips, Lucas Reichel, Ian Mitchell, the players that have come up I think have done really well, and I think that's a testament to the work that we're seeing from our coaches in Rockford and the development staff in Rockford, and uh, I think it's been really positive so far this year, and with that I'll just open up to any questions. The guy like Reichel, clearly he can play in the NHL. No, I mean, that's without question, and he knows that. How do you do you worry at all about his mindset being sent down again when he knows he can play here? It's always a consideration. That's why we make sure that they understand the big picture, and there's there's a roadmap there, and there has been from 
the start of the year and, and make sure that when you're making decisions that they understand them. And as we've talked about in the past with players, it's not their job to see the big picture, but it's your job to help them understand and walk them through why you're doing things and why you think it's best long term. And, and that's something we've done with, with not only Lucas, but with a lot of our prospects that they're knocking on the door. And, and some of them, could they play in the NHL? They probably could. But it's a question of what's best for their development long term and being in situations that we can provide them in Rockford on a very good team in a very good league, I think is something that we really, really value and we really place high value on it. And, and then their exposure to our coaches every single day. That's not something you get very often in, in hockey development when if they're in junior or Europe or college, they have their own coaches and, and you can only see them so much. The AHL is truly the only time in development and along the way to the National Hockey League that you have hands-on development opportunities every single day and so that's something we're trying to take advantage of. How would you assess his stint and what do you feel like he could still gain in Rockford? He was excellent and it's a testament to the hard work that he's put in. It's a testament to the the work that our coaches have put in with him. He's done everything we've asked of him and and worked really hard at the areas that we we wanted him to work at. Moving forward I think it's valuable for him to go down play center, be go-to guy, a leader on a team that's going to play meaningful hockey down the stretch. That's not to say that he's not going to get opportunities here because I, I think that is that is valuable and, and injuries occur and, and we're not going to hold that from him. There's also other players in Rockford that we would like to give exposure to the NHL to as well because they've, just like Lucas and, and like others, have taken some really, really positive steps in their development and we want to reward that. But it's, it's all about experiencing being a go-to player on, on a good team in a good league. The AHL is the second best league we have in hockey and and to be able to put some of our prospects in leadership roles in key roles on that team and in that league I think is extremely valuable and it's something that we really want to do again moving forward. Do you think this is going to be your philosophy going forward as a GM like long term like you want to see a guy dominate at a lower level before moving up Uh, and also is it like Brian Campbell and guys like that are they in your ear about stuff like that? I think it's an organizational philosophy. I don't know from people around in management here if that's them pushing more than anyone. It's, it's just a general philosophy we have, but I, I think everything is case by case, and let's, let's call spade a spade. You know, we're chasing most games here, and I don't necessarily think that's conducive to extremely positive development and, and getting uh, you know, there's great situations in Rockford where uh, our young players have to go out and defend the lead and defend close games and, and they get opportunities to play and, and score and, and come back from, from tight games against other really good teams and so they're just different situations right now so we have to take that into account too it's not necessarily a blanket philosophy moving forward but we're just going to make the best decisions with the information and the situations we have now and that's what we think it is right now. I'm sure it's tough to tell a player that you're sending that because it's up to your coach that too and you're taking away a weapon from him basically. Um, is yeah. pushback at all? No. No, and, and I think Luke, the the one thing that I really appreciate Luke is it'd be very easy for him to take the 24-hour mindset. And you know what? We had a good game. We won. And so it's, it's you know, let's not change anything. But he's got a, a long-term vision of this as well. I think he came in eyes wide open on, on what we're trying to do and, and build. And, and so he wants what's best for the long-term health of our players in our franchise and if if that means you know Lucas going down or or you know uh, Arvid going down and playing games and getting wins then that's what we think is is the best and that's and we're in lockstep on that there's no uh there's no separation on that philosophy. Do you have a meeting on the books yet with Kane and Taves to talk about their futures? Uh nothing right now just kind of 
day by day standard uh, what we've kind of operated That'll on. That'll be in the near future, though. You think? Uh, I'd assume it's got to be in the next couple of weeks or so. Just that's nothing firm, but I'd assume it would have to be. Yeah. Pretty quiet right now. You know, I think just a lot of due diligence and, and just general calls on on what we're looking to do, and then also other teams trying to set the table on what they might be looking to do, but no specifics. As general manager Kyle Davidson of the Blackhawks, his most recent uh, conversation with Blackhawks beat reporters, uh, a lot about Lucas Reichel there. That was after the news of uh, Reichel being sent back to Rockford. Uh, certainly a player uh, who factors in long term with the Chicago Blackhawks, and he's shown flat that he can definitely skate at the NHL level and can definitely be a productive player for the Blackhawks, the top uh, pick for the first-round pick for the Blackhawks back in 2020. So they want to see him continue to develop down in Rockford. And uh, as Davidson put it, they are chasing quite a bit. They they just feel better about the current situation with Rockford and Reichel. Um, But I like his game, and I think he definitely factors in uh, for the Blackhawks long-term here in Chicago, and then he finishes conversation with uh, you know Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and when all that will kind of start sorting itself out, and uh, he said maybe within the next couple of weeks, and that was uh, about a week or so ago. Kyle Davidson spoke about that, so um, yeah, I would get, I would guess the ball would get rolling soon with those two. Well, I'm sure want to kind of start figuring out uh, where they might be playing down the final stretch of this season, and you know maybe they can finish somewhere. Yeah, this season, and who knows what their future looks like with the Blackhawks moving forward. It is a rebuild. We'll see how long it takes. We talked a little bit about Connor Bedard and gave you an update on what his production has looked like. Uh, he will be playing as well in a, a prospect game Wednesday night, too, so that'll be another chance to see Connor Bedard in action. So, um, you know, I, I think the the one thing that, and we knew this even going in before this season, that they have a clear direction of what they want to do with the roster and really rebuild from the bottom. And we see it in all sports. Rebuilds can be tough. They are. You know, you're essentially saying we're going to strip it down. We're not going to be all that great. But there will be opportunities for the front office to really build a foundation for the organization, to have sustained success. That's what every team wants at the professional level. And, uh, you know, we had it here in Chicago for a long time. We were spoiled with what that core was able to accomplish with the three Stanley Cups. So it, it is, it can be, a, it can be tough. But, uh, you know, with young guys like Lucas Reichel and who knows what shakes out with the, with the draft order, Blackhawks land Connor Bedard, things get real interesting for this organization. That's a guy they can build around, um, long term. And then, you know, we'll see what Kyle Davidson can get at the trade deadline. Whether it's draft picks or players that can start contributing at the NHL level sooner than later, and uh, it, it's it's uh, they have a clear direction, and that's a good thing for any organization. And uh, you know, it, it, it had been a couple of years where maybe this should have started sooner, uh, but it is underway, and it can be tough at times. But hey, you know, they've won six of eight. They've been a little interesting, having some fun on the ice uh, as of late. So uh, they will be in Vancouver tomorrow night. We'll wrap things up. I'm Kevin Powell. Uh, filling in for Joe Brandt here on Blackhawks Live. You're listening to 720 WGN. This is Blackhawks Live. Kevin Powell in for Joe Brand. Just uh, about a minute left before we uh, get you into the, to the newsroom. John Landacker standing by as well. Joe Brand uh, filling in for John Weideman this week on the play-by-play here on WGN. So I'm in for Joe. 
I'll have the uh, pre and post tomorrow night, Thursday, Saturday, Hawks at Vancouver, then Calgary, uh, then Edmonton before the All-Star break, and then they'll uh, return to the United Center on February 7th against the Anaheim Ducks, and then another on uh, February 10th against the Arizona Coyotes, and then they'll set out on a four-game road trip. So a three-game trip for the Blackhawks, who have won six of their last eight. They did lose to the Kings last night, but playing some better hockey as of late. Thanks to Jack Heinrich for producing the show as well. Thank you for listening. I had a ton of fun filling in for Joe the past hour, and again, Joe will be on the call tomorrow night at 9, Blackhawks and the Vancouver Canucks here on 720 WGN.